there had been abuse in my family, uh, but it was mostly musical in nature. Are you ready to get your world rocked? Ready! Are you ready to get your mind blown? Do it! One, two, three, four! There's nothing a critic loves more than a best of list, but 12 months is such a long time to wait. I'm Greg Cott. And I'm Jim DeRogatis. We submit our favorite records to their toughest test yet, months of listening. It's the best albums of the year so far. Plus a possible new contender, Husker Du founder Bob Mould has a new solo album. That's all coming up on Sound Opinions. You're listening to Sound Opinions, and Greg, later in the show, we're going to review the new solo album from Bob Mould. I tell you, when I was a 17-year-old kid sneaking into Maxwell's in Hoboken to watch this guy with Husker Du, I never thought that all these years later, we'd be closing in on almost a dozen solo albums from the guy. Yeah, Jim, and he's with another great trio. You mentioned Husker Du, and now he's playing with John Worcester of Super Chunk on drums and Jason Narducci on bass. I just saw him the other night. We're going to talk about that record in a bit, but first, we've got some music news. Up on the roof, up on the roof. When this old world starts getting me down, and people are just too much for me to face, I climb way up to the top of the stairs, and all my cares just drift. Right into space. That is the classic Drifters song, Up on the Roof. It was co-written by Jerry Goffin, dead at the age of 75 in Los Angeles a few days ago. Uh, his co-songwriter was uh, Carol King, to whom he was married. Uh, they met in 1958 in New York City, one of the great American songwriting teams of the last half century, Goffin and King. Part of that vaunted Brill Building songwriting hit factory in New York City. Besides Up on the Roof, uh, they wrote The Shirelles, Will You Love Me Tomorrow, One Fine Day by The Chiffons, The Locomotion by their babysitter who dubbed herself Little Eva, Don't Bring Me Down by The Animals. Uh, what a run they had in the 60s. They divorced in 1968, but uh, Goffin continued on as a lyricist. He contributed to Diana Ross's theme for Mahogany, which was a huge hit in 76, and uh, defined the 80s in many ways by uh, co-writing Whitney Houston's Saving All My Love for You. Cause tonight is the night for feeling alright We'll be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1990, the subject he and King were of this uh, Broadway show currently uh, playing Beautiful, the Carol King musical. To pay tribute to Jerry Goff, I want to play a song that he uh, actually wrote for the Monkees in 1967, one of my favorite Monkees songs, and actually an example of the kind of the social political commentary that uh, King and Goffin 
got into in the latter half of their collaboration. The song was named after a street on which they had once lived, Pleasant Valley Way, in West Orange, New Jersey. Here we have the Monkees with Pleasant Valley Sunday, as co-written by Jerry Goffin on Sound Opinions. The local rock group down the street is trying hard to learn their song. Just came out to mow his lawn Another Pleasant Valley Sunday Charcoal burning everywhere Rose of houses that are all the same And no one seems to care See Mrs. Gray, she's proud today Roses are in blue And Mr. Green, he's so serene He's got a TV in every room Another Pleasant Valley Sunday Here instead of symbol Make it hard for me to see Our thoughts all seem to stray Two places far away I need a change of scenery Pleasant Valley Sunday by the Monkees Written by Jerry Goffin Dead at the age of 75 listening to Sound Opinions, and at the end of every year, we like to run down our favorite albums. It's one of our favorite shows of the year. But, uh, Jim, we can never wait. Uh, halfway through the year, we've already got a long list uh, shaping up of albums that we really enjoyed, and this year is no exception. So we're going to run down some of our top albums of the half-year mark so far. Jim, you're up first. Greg, the one I'm going to start with is contentious because you disagreed with me on this. You didn't like it nearly as much as I did. But I will not apologize for saying that Damon Albarn, the former leader of Blur, the sometimes leader of Gorillaz, on his first solo album, proper in a long career, continues to prove himself uh, our generation's Ray Davies. Uh, You know, his melodies are as strong as the classics by the Kinks. His way with a witty, sarcastic, sociological observation is just as powerful. I think that this is a great album as he is honing in on middle age. He's 46 now. He's thinking about those wild 20s, his childhood, his adolescence, and his rock star beginnings. He's thinking about how glamorous they were, but also the price he paid in terms 
terms of relationships, whether you're thinking his ex Justine Frischman or his ex bandmate Graham Coxon. He's also talking about the role that music has played in his life. Uh, accepting that you live with uncertainty if you're lonely, press play. I mean, that's what I think my favorite single lyric of the year. I mean, that's how we all feel about music, or you wouldn't be listening to Sound Opinions. I think it's beginning to end great album, very much of a certain mood. I think you were thrown by its quietness, with the exception of that one song, Mr. Tembo, about the elephant, little children's ditty he throws in. It's just brilliant. Here's a tune called Heavy Seas of Love, which is this wonderful swirling orchestral ballad from Damon Albarn's Everyday Robots on Sound Opinions. When your soul isn't right And it's raw to the night It's in your hands When the traces of dawn come to fade in the light You're in That was Heavy Seas of Love by Damon Albarn from his first proper solo album, one of my favorite albums of the year so far. Greg, what have you been listening to? Jim, one of my favorites so far this year has been the third studio album from Lydia Loveless called Somewhere Else. I thought she took a big leap with uh, Indestructible Machine in 2011, and this is another progression for her as a songwriter. You know, she's got that rock kick in her band, but a little bit of a country twang combining these influences. You know, the the Ohio farm girl who was in a punk band as, as a teenager has grown up into a fine singer-songwriter. It's no frills production, but I think the songs have gotten even deeper in the way she explores the messiness of love. I think she just dives right into the middle of it and, it, and is very honest about the uncomfortable emotions that she feels uh, in, in the middle of these rather torrid love affairs. Uh, the track I'm going to play is called Wine Lips. It's from Lydia Lovelace's Somewhere Else on Sound Opinions.
Eclipse by Lydia Loveless from somewhere else, one of Greg Cott's favorite albums of 2014 so far. I agree, Greg. It's on my list. She was a guest on Sound Opinions, and you can go back and hear that at soundopinions.org. We reviewed this album next on my list earlier in the year, Against Me, with the exclamation point, with its new album, Transgender Dysphoria Blues. We reviewed this earlier in the year when it came out, but it was way early, first couple of weeks of the year. And if you haven't heard this yet, you need to. It is important and inspirational in two ways. Musically, Against Me has always been been a rollicking, uplifting, powerful punk band that brings me to mind of The Clash at its anthemic best. But the story is very important lyrically here as well. The band used to be led by Tom Gable, who is undergoing sex change and now identifies as Laura Jane Grace. Rock and roll has you know, flirted with gender issues, transgender issues throughout the years. You know, you think of the glam era, but I don't think anyone ever has written as movingly, as powerfully, as honestly uh, about these issues as Laura Jane Grace. Even if you cannot identify in your own life, I think that this is a very human, soulful portrait uh, of a unique experience that is accessible to anybody. It's not just for people who care about LGBT issues. I think it's enlightening to the warped audience tour that has always loved against me. At least I hope it is. But, like I said, the album is fun above and beyond that. Take, for example, the song I'm Gonna Play. I mean, this is just a classic, everybody sing along in the pub kind of tune. True Trans Soul Rebel by Against Me from the wordily titled Transgender Dysphoria Blues on Sound Opinions. I'll dress up and nowhere to go Walking the
That is True Trans Soul Rebel by Against Me from the new album Transgender Dysphoria Blues. Greg and I also want to hear what's topping your list at this midway point. Share your favorite record so far at 888-859-1800. We're going to continue our countdown after a quick break on sound opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX. And later, he defined indie rock in the 80s. Now Bob Mould is back with a new solo record. Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott with Jim DeRigatis, and we're counting down our best albums of 2014 so far. And my next one is by the band you're hearing right now, Wussy, out of Cincinnati, Ohio. That track is called Teenage Wasteland, and it is from their fifth studio album called Attica, with an exclamation point. Wussy, they're a five-piece band fronted by two really fine songwriters, Chuck Cleaver, who was in a very good uh, 90s band called The Ass Ponies, and Lisa Walker. They met when Cleaver started doing solo shows uh, about 10 years ago, and he was kind of nervous about going up there by himself, so he asked Walker to join him. They forged a songwriting and romantic partnership. The romantic partnership is no more, but the creative side of the duo is still very much alive and well. They're now five albums deep into their career. And they love combining these kind of very literate, plain-spoken songs with these heavy guitars. A lot of noise in these songs, but also a lot of poignance within that swirl. So those gut-wrenching songs, they really come to the fore on this particular record, which is really kind of, they're looking back on, on growing up and what that meant. And the album is framed by two anthems, Teenage Wasteland, which we just played up top, and the song I'm going to play next, in which they look back on their younger self and feeling that spark and also that pain 
they associate with growing up. Here's the second great anthem on the record. It's called Beautiful from Wussy on Sound Opinions. The fire chief believes it started in the leaves and spread across the yard and up the arbor. A cigarette alone burned us out of house and home. Abandoned on the sidewalks where the sirens and the pirates picked our bones. I'm not the monster that I once was. Twenty years ago, I was more beautiful than I am today. Beautiful from the new Wussy album, Attica, one of my favorite albums of 2014 so far. Jim, what is next on your list? Greg, listeners who've been with Sound Opinions for a while may recall that in 2011, I was blown away by a record called Sin, Sin, Sin by Les Butcherettes. I had seen Terry Genderbender Suarez lead this band at a small club show at South by Southwest. It blew my mind. The record was just as good. And then... We haven't heard anything from her since. She was involved in a arty side project called Bosnian Rainbows with Omar Rodriguez Lopez of At the Drive-In and the Mars Volta. He had worked on the Butcherettes record, too. And then all of a sudden, early this year, uh, out of nowhere, just floating on the net, come some new tracks from Les Butcherettes, followed by a proper album, Cry is for the Flies. As with the first record, I think a large part of the appeal here is that you have this very sarcastic, funny, super intelligent, poetic, and angry woman talking about issues of injustice between men and women, injustice between North America and her native Mexico, economic inequality, but all without ever being preachy because she can really turn a poetic phrase as powerfully as Polly Jean Harvey. It reminds me a lot of Rid of Me era PJ Harvey, both with the musical and lyrical anger and the pure stage presence she has. I'm really excited that they are back. It's a hard record to find. It's not on uh, on Amazon or on iTunes. You have to go to the Lay Butcherette's website, but Cry is for the Flies is well worth your time. Listen to this track, Burn the Scab. Again, I don't know what she's talking about. She wants to burn it, burn it to the ground, watch it melt away. I don't know what she wants to set on fire. I'm staying out of her way, and I'm just going to watch the spectacle. Lay Butcherette's Burn the Scab, Cry is for the Flies is the album on Sound Opinions. How many times have I 
Burn the Scab by Lay Butcherette's Terry Genderbender Suarez on Sound Opinions. What do you got, Greg? Jim, I'm glad to hear the words Terry Genderbender come out of your mouth again because uh, we did love that band. Uh, That is a great band. I'm going to go to another great band, a band, in fact, that has been previous guests on Sound Opinions, Parquet Courts. They're back with another album called Sunbathing Animal. Their light-up gold from last year was bar none my favorite album of last year. Sunbathing Animal is a bit of a change for them. I think they developed a reputation from that song, Stoned and Starving. Like, you know, they're emerging from this smoke cloud and kind of these ramshackle dudes, Brooklyn via Texas band that just seem to take a very casual approach to their songwriting. But I think you dig a little deeper beyond that casual surface, and you're going to find a band that approaches their songwriting with real craft and diligence, and that comes across on this record. They're not just stone, but they're world-weary. There's, there's a brokenness there. They're ticked off. There's almost a poignance in some of these lyrics, which I would describe as poetic in some spots, that maybe doesn't come across because of the snark on the surface. The two guitarists trade these tangled lines. They trade vocals. The rhythm section is the real secret weapon here, holding the band together and giving it some real drive and propulsion. And I think you can hear it on this track. It's called Black and White from Sunbathing Animal by Parquet Courts on Sound Opinions.
Black and White from Parquet Court, Sunbathing Animal is the name of the album, one of my favorites of 2014 so far. Another one of our favorites we should both mention because uh, it's on both of our lists. It's the Khalees record, Food, uh, which we both loved. And uh, very exciting news that we've got Khalees on the show uh, coming up later this year. But, Jim, we've got a top album each to go. What's yours? Greg, on top of my list is a record called Glass Boys, the latest from the band that we're going to call Fudged Up, the Toronto combo led by Damien Pink Eyes Abraham. Google him if you can't figure out the name. This is a band that has come from the punk hardcore underground and is making itself a mainstream presence by virtue of the fact that they were so good. Uh, It was odd to see the New York Times a few years back wrestling with how to publish that name. And also by the fact that they're signed to Matador, you know, a hip indie label that really signifies something still in this era where labels hardly matter. Why are they so important? I think that not since Husker Du has a band merged, you know, pure, unadulterated, frenetic, anger and energy of hardcore punk with wonderful pop melodicism so effectively. There are a couple of knocks against Pink Eyes. One is that he sounds like Cookie Monster, okay? He sounds like he's a vocalist in a death metal band. Good luck trying to figure out what he's saying. The other knock is that if you listen to what he's saying or figure it out or read the lyric sheet, it can sometimes be a little sophomore poetry. I'm a stone sleeping in the cinder. You're the flame dancing in the tinder. But like death metal, it's more a texture in the song, another instrument than it is meant to be taken apart. And and it's not a pop song. There are pop melodies that come from the wonderful layering of three guitars that come from the production flourishes, a little unexpected xylophone here or there, or some sweet backing vocals. And there is lyrical substance. It's angry in the great punk rock tradition, but it's meant to be taken as a whole. And frankly, what I am left with from Fudged Up is just wanting to run around in a room like this and bounce off the walls until I knock myself unconscious. And yes, I mean that in a good way. It's a good feeling. You'll get that from listening to this song. The other thing I have to mention, Greg, is they recorded the drums not once, not twice, not three, but four times. So there are four overlaid drum tracks on every one of these songs. And you might think that that's a little bit of like kind of Blue Oyster Cult overkill. You know, we got more cowbell, right? But it's not. It gives this massive presence to these uh, rampaging rhythms that is as big as the three guitar attack they've always had. And it's amazing. And just listen to the way that all of that comes together with these beautiful backing vocals and Pink Eye's roar in this song, which is called Sun Glass. From Fudged Up, Glass Boys is the album on Sound Opinions.
fudged up with sunglass on sound opinions from my album of the year so far, Glass Boys. Greg, what is your number one album so far? Jim, I've been obsessing over this proto-martyr record, a band out of Detroit, under color of official right, ever since I saw them at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas in March, where we go every year. They were my favorite band from that conference, and uh, they are now my favorite band of this year so far. (laughs) They had a really good record in 2012 called All Passion, No Technique, which was obviously a tongue-in-cheek title. This is a punk band out of Detroit, although they don't sound like any punk band I've heard out of Detroit in, in decades. The defining characteristic of this band, I think, is the uh, the front man, Joe Casey. He's a former doorman at a theater, a guy in his 30s. He'd never been in a rock band before. But I think right away he's in that tradition of great unconventional vocalists, you know, someone like David Thomas of Perubu, Mark E. Smith of The Fall, even Eddie Argos of The Art Brute. You don't think of these guys as rock singers in a great rock band, but that's in fact what they are because the force of their personalities is so great. And, you know, the way David Thomas sang about Cleveland or, or Marky e. Smith singing about Manchester, there's, there's sort of this mix of insight and empathy and contempt in what he's singing about. Casey's singing about Detroit, although it's often very indirect. He's got almost this street poet style, very sing-speak tone to his vocals. A, a guy with a lot of time to think about his world when he was opening those doors at the theater for years and years. And, and you can hear it in these kind of rambling lyrics that he's put together. The band is really good, too. Greg Ahey on guitar, Alex Leonard on drums, Scott Davidson on bass, exacting but abstract at the same time. Every note counts. There's lots of space, very sparse kind of skeletal sound that complements Casey's vocals perfectly. Here's a song from Proto Martyr. It's called Want Remover from the second album, Under Color of Official Right on Sound Opinions.
Proto Martyr with Want Remover from my favorite album of 2014 so far, Under Color of Official Right. To see our mid-year picks again, go to soundopinions.org. You can also listen to archive shows and see what topped our lists in years past. Up next, Greg and I review the new album from Bob Mould, and Greg will add a song to the Desert Island Jukebox. Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. My partner is Greg Cott, and that is a little bit of Bob Mould with a song called Hey, Mr. Gray, the first single from his new album, Beauty and Ruin. Greg, I counted 10 solo albums, all right? And that's not counting the way Bob started his career or several mid-year detours. In the late 70s, after being born and raised in upstate New York, Bob Mould moved to Minneapolis-St. Paul, where he attended McAllister College. And he formed a band called Husker Du that would become, in the 80s, one of the most influential bands of that era. There is no imagining later groups like Nirvana without what Husker Du did, in large part. It was a band that has meant a lot to me and you, but nobody gets a free ride forever on Sound Opinions. His early solo records were really impressive art. Rock. Then he formed a band called Sugar. You loved him. I was not so hot. He, he took various detours over the years. There was some electronic dabbling there for a while. For a while, he retired and he wrote scripts for pro wrestling. Then he came back. He gave us his autobiography and he gave us a real powerful comeback with his last album in 2012, Silver Age. Now, here comes the follow up to that record. Is he sustaining the comeback? What is he giving us? Let's play a track. We'll come back and give our opinions. This is called The War by Bob Mould on Sound Opinions.
That is The War from Bob Mould on Sound Opinions. The new album is called Beauty and Ruin. Bob Mould, who's been on Sound Opinions a couple of times, he's one of the most revered indie rockers of the last 30 years, as you said, Jim. And I think maybe taken for granted a little bit in the last 10, 15 years, certainly since Sugar broke up in the mid-'90s, his most commercially successful band. I think Bob has been trying to, you know, experiment with different tones and uh, textures on his records. And now he's back to doing what he does best on the last two. Silver Age a couple of years ago, and now the new one, Beauty and Ruin. You've got a basic trio format here. You've got Mold on guitar and vocals. You've got John Worcester of Superchunk on drums. You've got Jason Narducci on bass and backing vocals. And that sound is glorious. I think he's returned to what he does best those huge melodies, those huge songs, extracting melody from the din, from the mayhem, that combination of noise and tune he does so well. I think he really forged that sound with Husker Du, and he's returned to it in a big way in these last couple of records. This record is more emotionally resonant than uh, Silver Age was. Silver Age was basically a big power pop or punk pop record. I think here you've got some real depth to it because the backdrop for it is the death of his father a couple of years ago. I think you can feel that that loss and that despair and that mourning uh, period, especially in the first half of the record, culminating with that song we just played, The War, about dealing with that loss and returning to your life and looking ahead with some optimism to what the rest of your life is going to be like. I mean, Bob Mould's 53 years old, and, you know, there's a little hint of mortality starting to creep into some of these songs. One of the things you can always rely on with his songwriting is he's going to be deadly honest to who he is at that particular moment. There's going to be no, like, oh, I'm going to go relive my childhood kind of thing, which may be what you think I was alluding to when I said he's going back to Oscar Du. No, it's more about bringing those musical strengths forward into addressing who he is now and what's going on in his personal life and bringing that forward. I think this is a terrific record, and I would say this is the best record he's given us since the 90s. It's a buy-it record for me. So you kind of like this record, huh? I do. Look, I agree. This is definitely a buy-it record. I disagree that it's his best since the 90s. I think, for me, Silver Age has the edge over Beauty and Ruin. He is writing about the death of his father, and even before that loss, the two had a contentious relationship, okay? You can read about that in the autobiography. So the subject matter is a little more downer here, and there's a little more drone musically and a little less of those killer melodic hooks to leaven and balance the noise. Now, I'm, I'm talking subtle differences here, right? I mean, they're both buy it records. Silver Age is the one I would buy first, but if I had the extra coin in my pocket, I'd buy both at the same time. So yeah, it's a buy it record, and it's great to see Bob Mould at the top of his game still. I tell you, little buddy, this whole island is bewitched. As often as possible here at Sound Opinions, one of us likes to take a trip to the desert island, pop a quarter in the jukebox, and play you a song we cannot live without. Greg, it's your turn, and I'm eager to hear what you've got. 
Well, I want to talk about an unsung hero of music, a fellow who died like 19 years ago, 1995, January 1 to be exact, relatively unmourned and left behind a great body of work, I think, never quite properly got his recognition, a guy by the name of Ted Hawkins, a beach musician in Venice Beach, California, for many years, playing for pocket change. His open-tuned style, singing folk and blues and country standards, uh, sitting on a milk crate. He got the attention of passersby. He got some people interested in recording him. Over the years, he recorded sporadically in the 70s and then later on more in earnest in the 80s and 90s before he finally died. When he started writing his own songs, I think that's when he really came into his own there's a song in particular from his second album that I want to play that really highlights to me what he's all about. He made this album called Happy Hour, which I think showcases the best of what he'd done. He ended up in jail for a long period of time, working through a heroin addiction. That derailed his musical career many times. When he got back into the business of finally making music and being able to devote some time to it, he wrote this album and this particular song. And this song is particularly poignant to me because he talks about, in some ways, coming back out of prison and returning to so-called, quote-unquote, normal life and what that meant and how he really was not accepted by society or even accepting of himself in, in this new environment. And I think this song gets that point across very poignantly, albeit in a sort of a metaphorical way. It's called Bad Dog from Ted Hawkins on Sound Opinions. Come closer, baby. Come sit on daddy's knee. Got something to tell you. There's something we must get straight right now. Now that I'm back from you know where. I want you to know it's a cruel feeling to be wrapped up in your arms one more time. What kind of animal you got outside? Try to keep me from coming in my own yard. Rip my pants, let's get my knee, bit of hold on, see my pants. You come running out hollering, bad dog. I realize the fact that you need some type of a something under the house is capable of giving you a helping hand while I'm gone. But that dog barking, everybody come here except one special man. Yeah, he bark at the milkman. He bark at the postman. What's the reason your dog won't bark at this man? Ha! To me, this don't make no sense. If anybody else come near that gate, you give him a vicious smile and snap through the electric barbed wire. But when this dude comes to the gate, he leaps up in his arms, lick the dude's face, wags his tail, wiggle like a worm, bark three happy yaps and run around the yard and laugh. Yeah, pretty mama, I don't understand. Tell me what's so special about the man. What's the reason your dog won't bark at this man? Hey, 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 woman. He broke at the telephone man. He broke at the sparklets man. He broke at the cockroach man. He broke at the welfare lady. He broke at the watermelon man. I tried to give him some barbecue ribs once. He bit my hand. He bit my hand.
That was Bad Dog from Ted Hawkins, Greg Cott's Desert Island Jukebox pick this week. Greg, what do we have on the show next week? Jim, we're going to celebrate one of the masterpieces of the 1980s, the 30th anniversary of Prince's Purple Rain. Greg, Sound Opinion's senior producers are Jason Saldana and Robin Lynn. Our production assistant is Anthony Martinez. And we have a new intern, Sam Taylor. Had to phone you, had to phone you just to talk to you. Had to phone you just to tell you I was missing you. On Sound Opinions, everyone's a critic. So now it's time to hear what you have to say. New messages. Hey guys, I listened today to the entire show, uh, Angel Olsen, and my name is Paul Burrell. And I have to say that your hyperbolic assessment of her is kind of laughable. To compare her to Roy Orbison is to compare Gary Coleman to Michael Jordan. She's mediocre. She doesn't sound like anybody I would want to pursue. Another side of that coin, Lana Del Rey seems just like what the doctor ordered. Just her name and what she does is ironic enough to keep things interesting. Angel Olsen fails Lana Ray Soares. Have a great day. My name is Tyra Leesman. I'm a St. Louisan. I actually live down the street from Angel's dad. He, uh, he walked up with a cane onto my front porch one day and said, my daughter is going to be on Letterman. Here's her picture from the newspaper. And I said, uh, I already have her CD. So I decided to say that I really enjoyed hearing her on Sound Opinions tonight. Thank you very much. Hey, Greg and Jim. This is Jacob from Lexington, Kentucky. The summer concert that I'm most looking forward to is Lake Street Dive. A couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to see Josh Ritter play at Waterfront Wednesday in Louisville, and it was right on the waterfront, and it was outside, and there were a ton of people there, and it was a party, and it was awesome. And Lake Street Dive is going to be playing that exact same venue. Thanks for all of the music you've introduced me to, and uh, keep Hey, Jim and Greg, this is Fahad from Bordentown, New Jersey. The summer concert that I am looking forward to is Nine Inch Nails, Soundgarden.
and want to see them rock out, play all the old hits, and got to do it before the arthritis kicks in, so uh, looking forward to it. Okay, thanks. No more messages. To share your opinions on Sound Opinions, call 888-859-1800. We'll be back next week on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX. Watch, watch, watch.